So how many of you do things in your life on purpose that make you better? Even if they're hard and they really stretch you at times. Think of something that you disdain, something that you hate, something that you loathe. Something that pushes you to the brink of anger or emotional distress. Maybe for some of you, that's mowing the lawn, doing the dishes, changing the oil in the car, the laundry, spending time with the in-laws. Oh, I'm just kidding. My mother-in-law here, and she is amazing. <laughs> Love you, Mom. Uh, anyways, hey, uh, today I hope to stretch you or at least have you realize how you can grow your faith or, or grow into someone that puts faith into action. Welcome to Element Church. My name is Steve Doolin. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm really excited to share with you what God has laid on my heart to bring to you today. Uh, thank you for being here in person, but also thank you, thank you for those of you who are watching online, either around the world or somewhere here in Cheyenne. Thank you so much for being here. We're honored that you're joining us. About four years ago, I met a man named David down at Martin Luther King Park here in Cheyenne. This man was quiet and he was withdrawn. He kept to himself and he seemed highly worried about something. He looked like he hadn't eaten in days and he was very gaunt. I sat down with him at a picnic table at MLK Park the first time that we met, and I tried to strike up a conversation, but that didn't happen the first time. The next few times of serving and talking with David, he started to let his guard down a little bit, and he started to open up to me. He explained to me he had contracted HIV through drug use and was a carrier of hepatitis C. This really didn't surprise me, but it made me concerned for his welfare. David, he lived in and out of apartments with friends, and he couch surfed a lot. He didn't have much in life, but what he did have, he was very content with. He struggled knowing why he was bound to die and what he could do about it. Over the next few years, I came to know David more and more, and I grew to love him. He was funny, and he always had a joke to tell me. And he was always kind to everyone he came across, and he ate like a madman, which was really awesome because I love to eat. So, this is David. He's the guy on the left. He's wearing a hustler shirt. It says, relax. It's just sex. Next to him are his close friends, Dale and Mark, who we serve regularly as well. David's story reminds me of our topic and our big idea for today. Our big idea for today is profession without practice is pointless. What I mean by that is if you profess Jesus and you don't show it by your actions, then what are you truly professing? Is there meaning to what you believe? Do people see that you love Christ by the fruit that you're producing? Do you stand out? Are you different? The main scripture for today is James 2, 14 through 26. I want to take a moment and talk to you about this section of scripture. This is some of the most debated and critiqued portions of the Bible today. It has divided churches and believers for years. But does that mean that we should shy away from it? Absolutely not. I think this makes it more attractive and should make us want to lean into it more and seek the truth. James was the half-brother of Jesus and was a huge skeptic of Jesus early on in his faith. He didn't believe that his own brother was the son of God and had a radical conversion later in his life when Jesus appeared to him after his resurrection. James couldn't help but follow and pursue Jesus after 
his conversion. The book of James was not written to non-believers. In fact, it was written to believers in Jesus. The focus of this book can really be summed up into just a few words. Actions speak louder than words. So as we break into point number one today and talk about James 2, I want to let you know that if you're not a follower of Jesus and you don't know him today, I'm really glad that you're joining us. Today, you should be able to equate what a true Christian looks like who is active in their faith. If you don't have a Bible, the scriptures will be up on the screen. If you would like a Bible, we would love to get one in your hands today for absolutely free. Just head out to guest services on your way out. Stop by there. We'll give you one. No strings attached. If you don't believe in God and you don't pursue him daily, I'm glad that you're here as well. This message, I believe, is good for humanity in general, whether you believe in Jesus or not. These are good practices to have towards other human beings. Our big question, our overarching question for today is, can you have faith in God without changing? Which takes us back to profession without practice is pointless. So let's dig in a little bit. Point number one. You can't be alive in your faith without works. James 2, 14 through 16 says this. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Do you, do I, walk by someone who's in need and say, God bless and have a good day? Do you say, I'll be praying for you, the normal, typical Christian shrug off? Do you ask them how they're doing and then when they start to respond, you just turn and walk away? Would you want to be that person that's in need? Our actions should speak to what we believe. Our actions should portray who we are at the core and what and look like the Jesus that we are seeking in our Christianity. One reach. Some of you heard what One Reach is and some haven't, so let me take a minute to just explain this to you. One Reach is a nonprofit that was started here at Element Church about six years ago by a few guys. Uh, we started seeking the lost and serving the least at Martin Luther King Park here in Cheyenne. We borrowed a grill trailer from CFD, Cheyenne Frontier Days, uh, the first time, and we, and we served pork chops. We decided to start making a dent in the homeless population and helping them right where they were. We didn't care who we were serving or why they were in need. We just knew there had to be someone out there to show them a love that's bigger than humanity. We give away food, clothes, shoes, blankets, hygiene items, and candy. I almost love candy, and I don't get it too often. I like candy, too, just saying. Anyways. Most of all these men, women, and children that we serve, they're seeking relationships. They want our time. They want to share their stories with us as volunteers, and they want to hear our stories. Humanity. It was designed by God with a purpose and for a purpose. This reliance on one another is innate, and it's in all of us. We seek it in our families and our friends. The homeless population all around the world, they seek the same thing. They're just thought of as less than. 
We as One Reach, we wanted to change what it looks like, at least locally. Over the years, One Reach has purchased a grill trailer of their own, a regular trailer to haul all the setup and giveaway items, and most importantly, a bus. A bus that has hauled hundreds of people into this church. This very day, 12 people came to this church to hear about Jesus. We've been able to show them the love of Jesus through bringing them into a warm, loving environment where they feel safe and they get free coffee and donuts. <laughs> you see, the men and women involved in One Reach, they have a deep burn within their soul to serve others that is different than themselves. James 2, 17 says, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Faith that is alive and working in this won't allow us to remain idle or barren. If your faith is not built on good deeds and sharing with others around you in some capacity, it is dead. It is useless. In verse 18, James says, I'll show you my faith by my good deeds. Our faith is seen in the good deeds. What type of good deeds are changing you and changing the lives of the people around you? This is a great quote from C.S. Lewis I want to share with you today. He says, if conversion to Christianity makes no improvement in a man's outward actions, if he continues to be just as snobbish or spiteful or envious or ambitious as he was before, then I think... We must suspect that his conversion was largely imaginary. Profession without practice is pointless. Point number two, you can't remain the same with Jesus. James 2, 19 through 20 says, you say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? How can we remain the same with Jesus in us? We are at war with an enemy that wants us snuffed out. He uses demons to oppress us and keep us quiet so that there's little to no fruit in our lives. We have to combat this. We must combat this. If Jesus is at the center of who we are and what we believe, then we should be producing some type of fruit to let others know who has done a work in us. If the enemy of God knows and believes that he is real, how much more should the friend of God be dedicated to him? Through this dedication comes action. You see, I could have sit on my faith and only reached myself and my family. We could all sit and be selfish with our faith and only serve ourselves. Or could we? Who does that serve? My morality should change. I am enabled to be more like him because of what Jesus has done in me. You can't have faith and remain the same. You can't have faith without changing. Can you run your finger down a sharp blade and remain the same? Of course not. Your life is going to alter 
a little bit or a lot. Stagnant or dead faith doesn't save you. Faith in Jesus Christ saves you. Dead faith is false or counterfeit, and it soothes us into believing when we are, that we are saved when we are not. True saving faith causes the believer to change. Something that others on the outside see in the person that is recognizable. True faith, it can't be alone. It will always bring life, and it creates good works. Those that know of Jesus have only an intellectual experience. If you have never placed your true faith in Christ and submitted to him, then you only know the doctrine of faith and that saves no one. These people know the right words to say, but they don't back up their words with works. So what does the change in their morality look like? Nothing. It's empty. It's void. Remember, even the demons believe that there's one God. Faith in Jesus brings life. Where there is life, there must be growth and fruit produced. What have you tossed aside as a believer in Jesus that you used to do that you don't do anymore? What changes are you making? How are you challenging yourself to get better as a Christian. Here's a quote from a famous theologian, John Calvin. He says, it is faith alone that justifies, but faith that justifies can never be alone. I'm going to repeat that because it's really good. It is faith alone that justifies, but faith that justifies can never be alone. You need more than just faith. You need to have an altering of your soul. You cannot remain the same and be stuck in your old ways and know Christ. There is grace for sin by Jesus, but the longings in our hearts should be to do what is right and to show others what has been done in us. Back to C.S. Lewis with another quote. He says, Christ told us to judge by results. A tree is known by its fruit, or as we say, the proof of the pudding is in eating. When we Christians behave badly or fail to behave well, we are making Christianity unbelievable to the outside world. Whew. What are you doing to grow or change your morality? If there is no change in you, then I would have to question if there was true conversion. It's utterly useless to claim to have a faith in God and not do good things. If God was serving through you today, through me today, who would he be serving? Yourself? Your family? Others? The lost? What does your morality say about you? The outside world, they're watching you, they're watching me. They're curious about this Jesus. Do you reflect him in you? Do I reflect him in me? What does your soul look like when you wake up and you think about your day? What are you thinking about? Are you changed? Are you outward focused? Are you able to do something for someone else? 
These are the thoughts that travel through a believer's mind, or should be. Some people think that their words are as good as works, and they are wrong. As believers, we have an obligation to meet the needs of people no matter who they are. I would be so bold to say that I believe that any declaration of faith that has not resulted in a changed life and good works is a false declaration. Profession without practice is pointless. Point number three. Whew, it's getting hot in here, sorry. Sweating. You can't reach others without good deeds. Let me read. James 2, 21 through 26 says, Don't you remember that our ancestors, Abraham, was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened, just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. There must be actions behind your beliefs. I don't know about you, but I would love to be called the friend of God. I long for God to be proud of who he created. I'm seeking a relationship with him, and this relationship is not one-sided. Are your faith and your actions, are they working together? Remember David? You see this man in his hustler t-shirt? was fed numerous times over many years down at MLK Park. This man that used and abused his life for many, many years. This man that wasn't super educated. This man that wasn't like the rest of us. This man that was meek and mild. This man that knew he would be served food and coffee on a weekly basis because we bust him to church. This man that knew he would not be condemned or judged. This man that knew what the love of Jesus felt like. This man that was loved when he was his lowest of lows. This man that was afraid to go inside this auditorium because of all the people. But felt comfortable enough in the lobby with his arms raised high in praise and worship to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This man, David, I would love to introduce you to him. This man, you can't meet him. He's dead. Not dead eternally, but dead from this earth. This man, David Stryker. This same man is in heaven today because of his faith in Jesus. Was it me that saved him? No way. It was Jesus through me and you. That's right. Amen. 
Like the song, Who We Are, we just sang it a few minutes ago, right? He said, Jared wrote, he says, we're giving up who we are for those who are not. You gave up who you were for this man, and he is completely healed, 100% restored as he entered into heaven by his faith in Jesus. He passed away in March 2017. David put his faith in Jesus, surrendered his life to him, and now has an eternal life with him because of what he was able to witness through the lives of believers that were active in their faith. Because of the good deeds of feeding and loving the undeserved on a repetitive basis. You see, you all had a hand in it. When you welcome these individuals that are homeless and less fortunate here at the church, you're telling them that they aren't any different than yourselves. By the way, they're not. The culture of this church is astounding to me. And the heartbeat of our people, it blows my mind. I'm as challenged as you are by this, or at least I hope you're challenged by this. What type of good deeds are changing you and changing the lives of the people around you? When we attend church on Sundays and take notes and highlight our Bibles out of routines, does that reach those that are in need? Does that show others the love of Jesus? Singing songs and raising our hands in worship and praying with people in the church is good, but does it reach the lost for Christ? Are we serving people on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and the rest of the week? We aren't called to Sundays, people. We're called to be His church wherever and whenever we are. Jesus didn't just speak on Sundays in His work. He served every blasted day. The culture has lied to us for years to be busy They tell us, focus on your families, focus on us. It's good. This shouldn't be our only service. Serve others outside of your comfort zone. Are we outside of the norm? Are we able to give to others around us because we're growing and we're filled? Verse 26 says, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. We are a body of believers. We're called to be full of life. If we are not out doing good works for those that need our help, then what are we doing in our Christianity? Where is our breath? Okay, participation time. Here we go. All right. Uh, Everybody, breathe in deep real quick. Hold it. All right, now let it out. How's that feel? Feels good, right? Right? That's life. It's life inside of you. We all have this inside of ourselves. When we seek others and try to serve them, it feels good. When we serve those that are different than we are, it feels good. It gives us that breath that we so desperately need. All right, here we go again, everybody. Breathing deep. Hold it. Hold it. Keep holding it. 
Okay, Paul, dig it. Okay, somebody let it out before something bad. Whew. All right. If you were to continue to hold your breath without taking another breath, you would be on your way to losing your life. We should be, as believers, wanting to consume as much breath as possible. But not just to breathe, though. But to breathe out and share what we have been given. We should want to encourage one another to do this. If I believe in Jesus but don't do something for someone else, then who am I serving? How do we plan on using our faith to reach the lost? I think the story of David Stryker should exemplify what our lives should look like when looking at people who are outside of our comfort zone. We need to be uncomfortable in our faith so that others will know who Jesus is. We should want to be a church or people that want to help others that nobody else wants. What is God telling you today to do to reach someone? What is a cause in humanity that you can get behind or create that God is pressing in on you with? I didn't think One Reach would ever amount to anything other than a men's group here at Element Church. And it is so much more than that now. It is what God wants it to be, and I am desperate. Teresa lost through it. If we are still and we seek the will of God, we will find something that we can do for others. Not everyone is called to serve the homeless. That's my calling, or at least a huge part of it. I don't expect you to have the same calling as me, and neither does God, by the way. I expect you to use the calling God has placed in you and use it to further his kingdom. David Stryker was fruit. David Stryker is with Jesus today because of many of you who were and are willing to put action behind their faith. If you've never put your faith in Jesus, I would love to help you take that next step. There's so much that God wants to do in you, through you, and for you. And all you have to do is believe in him and have a relationship with him. If you're looking to have this relationship and want to join a, a body of believers, then would you please just bow your head right now. Say these words in your mind and heart and believe in them. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've wronged you. I believe in you, and I want you to take over my life. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus on my behalf to die in my place. Please come into my heart. Forgive me. I repent and turn from my sins. Make me new. Love me for who I am, and I will do the best that I can to love you no matter what. In Jesus' name, amen. I know it's a bold thing to do, but I would ask if you just prayed that prayer, ask Jesus into your life, would you, right where you're sitting, just raise your hand right where you're at? Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the family.
why we do this. I got to close this out here, sorry. Uh, if you're a first time guest or you're new here, I'm really glad you're here. If you had kids, you probably checked them into eKids. Would you make sure to utilize that fast pass? Uh, run over there, get first in line, grab your kids, and then meet us over in the living room. We've got some great volunteers over there that would love to meet you over there. Also, if you just prayed to receive Christ, or you got something else going on in your life you need some prayer for, we've got an amazing team back at the Purple Tents that would love to pray for you today. Thank you so much for being here. You are dismissed.